Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hey friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and I have an incredible episode for you today. Joining us on the podcast is Travis Wilkerson. Travis is an options expert. He won the 2019 U.S. Investing Championship competition. He runs TraderTravis.com. He's a great friend of mine, and I wanted to have him on the episode to talk about options. So you all, without further ado, help me welcome Trader Travis. Well, Dr. Hans, it is an honor being here, and I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, likewise, brother. Thank you for taking the time. There's so much going on nowadays with regards to options. And I was like, who can I have on the podcast to help break this down? And you are the first person that came to mind. So please, let's start with um, this whole GameStop you know, thing that occurred. And, and when you're on Reddit, you hear people talking about, you know, buy options and, and like, you know, get into covered calls, make sure you're out of the money. And I'm looking at all of that and I'm like, what does that all mean? Right. And, and I'm sure many of the listeners are in the same boat. So uh, brother, let's, let's take it, let's say a step at a time. Let's first and foremost, start with options, right? What What is an option? When a person buys an option, do they own shares of stock or are they buying, I've heard, like an option to own the stock? Can you, can you start with the basics with us? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I'll start with this. I'll start with an example of us selling a piece of real estate and then compare it to options because that's where people get confused with the terminology. And I don't know why they come up with confusing terminology, but it's pretty simple. An option is nothing but a contract that grants you certain rights. So for our example, we're selling a piece of land, right? Uh, a piece of real estate. It's just bare lot. So this guy wrote up a contract that gave him the right to buy our property. He said, hey, I want to buy your property. And to I think to make the contract legal, they have to put up what they call earnest money deposit, and that's $500. So with $500, he has the right to buy our lot from us. Well, that's what an option is. In particular, I'm going to talk about something called a call option. A call option gives the buyer, if you buy a call option, it simply gives you the right to buy a stock at a set price. It's no different than a real estate contract, music contract. It's just a contract that grants you certain rights. And in particular, the type of options I trade they're contracts that give me the right to either buy or sell a stock at a set price. Now, is there a difference when you're buying the stock versus when you're selling it? Is that is that what makes it different between like a, a call versus a put option or not really? Yes, a huge difference. And so I'll try to break down each component so uh, people are clear. So definitely a difference between buying the stock outright. So when you buy a stock outright, you actually, you know, you're, you're minute owner in that business, right? You you have shares, you own a piece of that business. Well, when you buy a call option on that same stock, 
you don't own any rights in the business. You literally just have a contract. So like our real estate, that lot is still in our name. The guy, he just has a right to buy it. So the option is just a contract. It gives you certain rights. You have no ownership in the stock. So that's the call option. Now the put is pretty much the exact opposite of a call option. So a call option will give you the right to buy something. And when I say something, we're just going to use stocks because there are options on different things like what they call commodities like grain and coffee and things like that. But I'm only going to refer to stock options, options on stocks. So again, call option, when you buy a call option, it gives you the right to buy a stock at a set price. Now the put is the opposite. It will When you buy a put, it gives you the right to sell a stock at a set price. And we'll get into the specifics probably later as why you'd buy a call versus a put and all that. But does that help? Yeah, it helps. So from a beginner standpoint, I was looking at options based on the description that you've given. I'm thinking about it as, okay, a call is giving me the option to buy a stock at, at a higher price, right? And and a put allows me to sell that investment when the price reduces. Uh, am I, is, is it so far so good? Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Okay, great. Now, why would someone prefer a call option with the option to buy? And why would someone, uh, you know, opt for a put option with the option to sell? Perfect, perfect. Oh, I love this. This is where I get excited because uh, the, the reason people would use a call, we'll start there. It's all right. So our lot, going back to our personal example, um, just to be transparent, just so, to make the numbers easy so people have a real life example. We're selling the lot for $75,000. So if the guy wanted to buy that lot, he'd have to come up with 75000 But instead, all he did was secure the rights to buy it for five hundred. Right. And he doesn't have to buy a lot. You know, he could do his due diligence and the lot is worth more than 75. So he's taking his time to do due diligence. If he decides to walk away from the transaction, all he loses is the 500. But he didn't have to put up the 75. He just put up five. That's why people like call options because call options, and that's another thing I didn't cover uh, an option contract represents or controls 100 shares of stock. So when I buy a call, I'm buying the right to buy a hundred uh, shares of stock at a set price. So, I mean, we, we could come up with any kind of stock, let's say as a stock that was worth a hundred dollars a share, where if I'm going to buy a hundred shares, that's a lot of money I have to put up. You know, that's like $10,000 I have to put up to buy that stock, a hundred shares, right? Well, people can come in with an option. And they can say, you know what? I don't want to put up to 10 grand to benefit in the stock's movement, right? I can put up maybe $500, $600 to buy a call option. And if that stock goes up in price, that call option will go up in price with the stock. Now, the big difference is the stock goes up 1%. You're making 1% on 10 grand if you bought the stock. But if the stock goes up 1%, you're making that same price movement on the option, but it only costs you like $500. Now, without getting too geeky in the numbers and people get lost, just know that stock only went up 1%, but your option contract, and this sounds unbelievable, but it's it happens every single day. Your option contract will go up probably 
10, 20, 30% in value, even though the stock only went up 1%. And I know it, it sounds unbelievable. Just, just take what I said at the surface level. Don't be saying, how is that possible? Just That's just how they work. Um, the, the reason why <laughs> I can understand for it working that way is in my mind, it's kind of like real estate. When you're going to buy a property, you put a down payment down, right? And it gives you access to the entire value of, of the home if it appreciates. Yes. So that's why perhaps with an option, even though you have just 500, you still have access to that full value. That's the way my mind is viewing it. <laughs> yes, that is the absolute best example. And that's exactly what it is. Okay. So um, when people get confused at options, that's what I like to do. Bring it to real life examples they're probably familiar with, because that's exactly why that contract goes up so much. Mm. All right. So puts, puts are like my favorite thing and they are underappreciated in my opinion. So puts are nothing but stock insurance, right? It's, it's what they were created for in the seventies. They were created so wealthy investors could protect the value of their assets. So we, our house, we have homeowners insurance on our house. If the house burns down, we can file a claim and they will give us a check that represents the value of that home. A put option is no different. It just, when you buy it, again, it gives you the right to sell a stock. So that same $100 stock example we were, we were talking about earlier, if that stock crashed in price, like in March of 2020, the bear market, right? If that stock dropped in value to like $50, as long as I still own that put contract, I could sell my stock for exactly what I bought it for, $100. It's an insurance contract. I call it filing an insurance claim. And I've recorded a, actually a video and put it on YouTube showing people how to do this. I'm like, hey, it's, well, I call it filing an insurance claim. The technical term is exercising the option, right? You exercise the rights of that contract. So I exercise my put option and the broker put all of my money right back in my account. Because it's like, again, following an insurance policy. So look at puts is insurance. And that's what they're created for. Okay. So now let's dive in a little bit into these two. Okay. So the call option, I have the option to buy if the price increases. Now, that the way that I'm thinking about it, it means that if the price goes up, I have an in incentive to buy because that's when I, you know, make money. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Can you kind of break it down for the person who's trying to think through this, right? So then, okay, you're optimistic that a stock is going to go up to a certain value. How is the individual making money when they exercise their core option? Oh, I'm glad you asked it the way you did, because mm -hmm. for us as traders, we, well, I'll give you both examples. I rarely have ever exercised my call options. Okay. I, I simply sell them when they're profitable. So if they go up 20, 30, 40, 50%, and I don't want the stock, I'm like, I'll just take my profit. So I'll just sell my call option back into the market and take my profit, right? Ah, so you're making your... So you own the, the the option and now the option is worth more. So you're just taking your profits on, on that option. Yep, exactly. Okay, perfect. Um, but the second approach is yes, people can exercise their rights. Uh, 
the way the reason a person might want to do that is if they actually did want to own the stock. And so let's say, yeah, they bought an option. There's but, a perfect example. The GameStop uh, oh gosh, gentleman, yeah. yes. he, he exercised his option and now he's holding on to the GameStop shares. Wow, this is all coming together for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I, can't, I remember reading his article and I mean, he might have had the right to buy the stock at 50 and the stock shot up to 400, right? Mm. So, and, and people think that's unbelievable. I'm like, no, these are, they're like legal contracts. He had, no matter if the stock was at 400, Everybody else had to pay four hundred dollars for that stock. For yes. He he exercises options and bought it for fifty dollars. You know, it just just an wow. example. I can't remember his exact that numbers. Is <laughs> incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm beginning to see the light. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So options, pretty much the whole thing is that it's pretty much like a contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. It's a cheap way to to get in without mm. putting up a lot of money, right? Mm. Now, there are long-term options, which I believe the, the technical term is leaps, if you can explain what that is. And, and also, there are individuals that have short-term options. Do you have a preference on, on either or? <laughs> yes, I do. The old Travis used to be into the short-term options when when we say short term we mean oh um options have expiration dates like most contracts right they're only good for a certain amount of time so short term would be anything less than a year right long term options the leaps they the acronym is long term equity anticipation securities i don't know where they came up with that name but they shorten it and they call it leaps that's any option that is good for a year or longer that contract it's a year one two three year contract when I was younger, I was into the shorter term options because they're cheaper and you can make your money faster. But as I've gotten older and, and more experienced, I'm now into the longer term options, one, two, three years out, uh, because I'm, I, it's more like buy and hold investing. You can sit, ride through a lot of up and downs, and you can make more money on the long term. Um, so that's the main difference. The main difference is really cost. The leaps, the long term options cost a whole lot more but you have more time to wait things out and wait for the stock market to do what you think it will do. The short-term options are cheaper. You'll make your money quicker. But if that quote-unquote event that you're expecting to happen doesn't happen in that time frame, you lose all your money um, you paid to buy that option. Ah, so with options, you know, if what you're expecting to happen doesn't happen, if you take a short-term route, you lose all of your capital. Yes. And that is, that's one of the many reasons people say options are risky. They were like, you can lose all your money. Yeah. If you're not careful and you, you know, and that event doesn't happen at a time frame, yeah, you can lose all the money you pay for those options. But if you have a long-term, you know, option, so Let's say, for example, a person takes a call option and they they buy that option, you know, anticipating that a stock is going to increase in the future, right? And let's say they take, let's say a two-year option. 
and the market is going up and coming down, but they have two years to exercise or to to even sell at any point. So in essence, at any point within that two years, they can choose to to sell and 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 capture the gain on on that investment even before reaching the 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 end of the option. Is Ooh. that is that why a long-term option is preferable? Yes, that is. Um, can I give an example? Please. All right. I bought a long-term call option J- the first week of January of 2021. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you what the stock market did between January of 2021 and March. You don't even need to look at a chart. Basically, it went nowhere, right? It, it went up and down, up and down. But like for three months, it pretty much stayed flat. So I had a, about a three-year call option. And it was agonizing. I didn't make any money for like three whole months. I just, you know, just waiting and waiting, waiting. But finally, for whatever reason, the stock market decided, oh, let me just jump up in price in April of 2021. And so that same call option I bought pretty much had a hundred percent return on my money. Right. I still have two, you know, two, two and a half years left in that contract. I could, I don't have to sell. But I was like, uh, I doubled my money. Uh, let me sell and take my money off the table. And so that's that's generally what I do, even if I still have a lot of time in the contract. If I get lucky and I double my money super quick, I'll sell. I'll take my money off the table. Um, and then I can get back in with just my profit. And I consider that kind of a risk-free trade, like the stock market paid for my next investment. That's the way I look at it. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. Now, you you did say that the long-term options uh, trade, if we can call it that, is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that means? Yes. Um, options are – I like stocks because they're simple. You buy a stock, it has one price. You, you It either goes up or down, right? Options are a little bit more involved because six factors make up their cost. I won't go into the six factors because it's irrelevant. Just know that it's more involved figuring out, hey, why is this option priced the way it is? It's six things that go into that price, right? So one of those six factors is something called time value. It's like uh, life insurance, right? The uh, you know longer your life insurance policy is or the older you are, it's going to be priced different than a young person buying that same life insurance policy. So they they the shorter term options might be $500 because they have very little time value built into that price. It's five months worth of value, time value baked into that $500, right? Well, when you're going out two years, <laughs> the market makers put two years of time value into that cost. So that same option the short term option that was 500 the longer term option might be $2000 and and most of that is simply because you're paying for that benefit of that time right cuz yeah 2 years is a long benefit so you simply pay for that benefit of time and they call it time value so now this let's say 500 versus 2000 is it just increasing the price of the option but still even though it's 2000 you're still making that percentage gain on the 2000 versus the 500 or is there like a, an additional cost that is built into the option itself which doesn't accrue to the value of what you're buying mm, I'll answer it this way I don't 
I'm, I don't know how to answer it that way as far as if they have another cost built in. But yes, you will make the same, you'll make a percent return off of the 500 and the two grand. It, it might be a little bit different um, based on the stock's movement because that's one of the six factors too, the stock price movement, right? I, I, I will say this though, since you only put up 500, if the stock went up one, two, three percent, you'll make a bigger return on your money on the $500 uh, option. And that's only because you only put up 500, right? Mm. So that option might, let's just do the number. That option might, let's just do $100, right? That option might go up $100. So you're making a return on investment based on that. Well, that two grand option, <laughs> that's a lot more. So your percent return is going to be a lot smaller only because you invested more. Um, I hope that I answered that clearly. I get it. So pretty much it's like a down payment on a house. Assuming the house value stays the same, one person is putting $500 down versus another putting two grand down. Yes, yes. And okay. the person putting the less amount makes a bigger <laughs> return on their money. <laughs> that's so true. Okay, that's, wow, this is, this is super helpful. So now that uh, we all understand options, now let me come back to your put option, right? Because I looked at the example of the option to to buy the stock in the future, you know, if the value goes up. Um, but for put options, a person is 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 owning a stock or you're buying the option to sell it in the future. So I know we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, but then when you have the option to sell, how is an individual making that money, right? Because the price is, your expectation is that the price could potentially dip. And when the price falls, you make money. Can you walk us through how with a put option, a person is making money, what you call like stock insurance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you uh, two examples, and then I'll I'll also talk about the downfall of puts. Um, I don't think it would be fair for me to mention puts without the downfalls, because the downfall is honestly why the large majority of people don't buy puts. Um, but let's let's let me first answer your question. So, um, in the bear market of March 2020, uh, there are two ways I handled my puts. My puts uh, for my my mother's account. I was managing her uh, 401k, like uh, TSP retirement account. It's like an IRA, a long-term retirement account, right? I did not uh, exercise her puts uh, because of the restrictions of those accounts. You're not able to do that. But I use the puts sort of like bonds. When you have an option that gives you the right to sell a stock, right? When that stock declines, that option, that put option will increase in value, right? Because it has, it has, it's more valuable. And I was like, hey, everybody else has to sell their stock for a loss. Nope, you have this contract that says, hey, I can sell it at the all time high price, you know? So that contract will go up in value. So I use that increase in value to balance out my mom's account, right? So if, if her put went up like two grand, that's an example where I would just sell the put, same as the call. I sell my profit, I take the profit off the table. And so that two grand profit would offset what she lost on her stock shares because her stock shares did decline like everybody else's, right? I see. But, yep. 
but See, that's why you call it insurance is yes. balancing out that loss. Yep. Okay. Balance it out. So that's example one where you don't exercise the put, you just sell the put for a profit and it balances out the loss you took either in another account or your stock shares. The second example is yes, where people would just exercise their rights and it's just a wash. The broker just takes your shares out your account and deposits your money back into it. So does that answer that? I see. So it's, I get what you're saying. And when you say it's a wash, does it mean the individual just ends up, um, because when they are initially buying that put option, obviously with the first example you gave, if the value is going down, you can sell it at a profit. Mm -hmm. But for the person who's exercising um, the put, are they making money or is it just Oh, you 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 know you're selling, so now you just have your money back. You just have your money back. If you overinsure, yes, you can make money. And what I mean by overinsure is if you only had ten grand tied up in the stock, but you bought twelve thousand worth of insurance. Yes, that is an example where you could potentially make money. You know, as long as you know, excluding the cost of the insurance because insurance is not free, <laughs> right? Um, but some sometimes you can make your cost back on the insurance. So that's an example of where, yes, if they overinsure it, they can potentially make money. And what I meant by wash, yeah, I probably used the wrong word. You you said it right. You just, the broker takes your shares away from you. You actually sell your shares. And so you just get your money back in your account. So you just back, you start back over, you have all your cash back. And if you know, what you want to do from there is up to you. So now with this whole GameStop fiasco that was happening, you know, beginning of 2021 in January, why is it that on Reddit, and I feel like the answer just came to me because of our discussion. I was about <laughs> to say, why is it that they wanted to use options? And I remember you saying it's a much more affordable way to have access to more shares or more exposure to a particular investment. Is that why the people on Reddit wanted to use options instead of buying the actual shares of, of, of GameStop? In my opinion, yes. Of course, I didn't talk to them, but I've been trading options for 20-something years, and that's usually what attracts people to it. Hey, I can put up a few hundred dollars and make two, three, four hundred percent return. Um, oh, no. In their example, it was outrageous, Dr. Hans. It was like thousands of percent returns. Um, and I showed my wife. Of course, we didn't get in on this. But I, she was like, what is all this stuff? And so I showed her. I pulled up a call option. I said, if we had bought, it was, um, gosh, how much was it? Either 1000 or $10,000 worth of call options. I cannot remember, but it wasn't a, uh, a lot. A lot is you know relative. But anyway, and when GameStop shot up in price, they were worth $1.3 million. That they increased that much in value. So, so I was like- $1,000 or yeah. $10,000 option, right? Yep. Yep. Would be worth one million yeah. over what period of time? Wow. Yeah. From January to when it I can't remember the all time high of Game Stocks, mm, but it was like I believe it's like February yeah. from, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. A couple of months. Wow. Now, of course, somebody would have had like to be able to predict the future and knew it would have shot up, but who s- certain people were lucky. They had already had options on the stock. Yeah. They went up in value to like a one point three million. And I was like, Man, missed that boat. <laughs> right. So, uh. 
So, uh, Travis, for someone who's listening to this podcast episode right now and they are interested in options, uh, what do you have to say to the person? Um, I have a lot to say, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's true. Okay. Well, what what would you say are the first two things that they need to do. So the number one thing that they need to do, obviously, in my opinion, is they need to educate themselves. Absolutely. But what would you say are the two most important things that they need to do? The first one, yeah, for sure, educate yourself because there are a lot of, you will probably find more negative um, things said about options than positive and that's where the education uh, comes into play, because if I had believed the naysayers, the quote unquote experts and the people who said options are risky, you lose all your money, I would not be financially free right now. Right. But I got educated. And the second thing is find somebody who's actually successful at options and has many years of experience, not someone that just got lucky within the last year, but has been doing it 10, possibly 15 years or more. Because it's hard to survive that long without having some kind of discipline and, and a proven method, right? Because that person can tell you the realities of options. They won't like, you know, they'll say, yeah, you could lose all your money if you're risky and you do all X, Y, Z. But there is a prudent and intelligent way to use options where you can, you know, what I like to tell people is options when used correctly can actually reduce your overall risk of investing. And that's what I use them for. I just use them to kind of enhance my returns a little bit, but mainly is I don't like losing a lot of money. And so that's why I'm heavy on puts. And and I fail to talk about the downfall and I'll just be short with it. The downfall is of puts is the cost and that you know people shy away from it because like any insurance, like, no one likes buying insurance, right? Because you tend to lose money on it. And that's true. You lose money in your car insurance, you lose money in your home insurance, unless you have a disaster, right? Stocks tend to go up most of the time. So you'll buy puts and keep losing money. And people are like, oh, I don't like doing that. And yes, I get that. I don't particularly like it either, but I do it for peace of mind. And, I, and I've been doing this so long, it comes in handy when the market crashes. <laughs> so it is, it is worth the cost for me. So those are the main two things. Get educated, learn from somebody who has some experience under your belt. Um, and the main thing is just ignore the naysayers. Do your own research. You know, trust but verify, right? Don't don't let somebody else program you with their own limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I've just similar to you, you kind of just hear a lot of negatives around a particular topic or subject, right? And if you don't meet or interact with someone who has a different point of view to understand that thing, it's just easy to write it off, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's fascinating. And I I don't want us to necessarily go into this topic, but let's take Dogecoin for example, right? <laughs> I mean, I've I've been saying it's a joke for the past three months or four months, and and here we are, a thousand dollars invested in into Doge in January would be worth sixty thousand today. Yeah. So, <laughs> so clearly there was something that was missing. And and for me, later I found out the thing that I overlooked was that Dogecoin was listed on Robinhood. Mm. That's a huge, important factor. Yes. <laughs> Which I wish I had known back in January, right? Um, so 
I agree with you when you say that individuals need to do some due diligence or they need to educate themselves and not necessarily just write anything off. So I'm super glad that we're having this discussion. Uh, Travis, before we wrap up, there's also this term covered calls that I keep hearing. And sometimes you see it on social media, just buy a covered call. You're never going to lose money. I don't understand what they mean by that, but can you explain to us what a covered call is? <laughs> yes. And I have the hugest Kool-Aid smile on my face right now because covered calls are how we pay for my in-laws mortgage, right? So that's the wow. benefit. Yeah. It is the oldest and most widely used option trading strategy, and it is known as one of the safest. That's why people are like, oh, you can't lose money. So I'll, I'll give you an example of what they mean by that because that it sounds too good to be true. But what it is is guaranteed income. It's like the the perfect example. I don't know if it's perfect, but a good example for what a cover call is, is renting out a house. If you understand the concept of you buy a house, you rent it out for income, that's 100% what a cover call is. So I will, what we do with our in-laws is we buy stock, right? Um, and then we quote unquote, rent out the stock. It's like rent to own. We sell a contract. Remember those call options we talked about? Yeah. Well, we sell a call option to someone else. Someone else is saying, hey, I'm willing to buy your stock from you and I'll put up my earnest money deposit, you know, 500, 1,000, whatever it is, depending on how many contracts we sell. Now, the important piece is this is guaranteed income. The moment you click the button to sell that call, that money shows up in your account and you can pull it out the next day. It's guaranteed income. That's what people mean by you can't lose money because you don't. You don't have to give that money back. So one of two things will happen, right? So I think my wife sold a cover call this morning. Either the person will buy your stock from you and that's fine. If I bought the stock for a hundred, I'm not going to sell my stock for exactly what I bought it for. So I'll sell what they call a 105 or 105 cover call. I'm telling somebody, you can buy my stock from me at $105. So sometimes they buy the stock from me. I get a little bit of capital gains and I still get the income from selling the call. I'll explain what it means by cover it in a sec. You know, again, renting out the house, somebody chose to buy my house from me. The other thing is that person walks away and they're like, nah, I don't want to buy your stock. But in that case, you still keep the income from the cover call and yes. your stock. As we love that. We're yes. like, yay. Because because they, they put down that 500 or that 1,000, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So you still get to keep that. Yes. Wow. I yep. see. And covered um, means it's that the rights of that contract are covered by the stock you own. It's a covered call uh, versus naked. Naked would be, hey, I don't own any stock. I'm just trying to make some money because I heard options are great, <laughs> right? Until the broker screaming at you like, hey, uh, somebody exercise their rights as a contract. You need to dump 20, 30 grand in your account, right? Um, so a covered call means someone who actually owned the stock, owns the stock. And so that rights of that call option that you're selling are covered by the shares you own. You just deliver the shares to somebody. When, mm. If they exercise their, their rights. Travis, let me break this down because that is absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, we love I, it, man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my, my brain is like, wow, that is phenomenal. Uh, well, it's phenomenal if you're willing to take a little bit of the risk to say, you know, if this person buys it, 
sure they are buying it, right? But if they don't, oh my gosh, I get to keep the stock plus the you know the amount that the person put down. That's yeah. amazing. So uh-huh. to break it down for individuals who are listening, and I know Travis, you did a phenomenal job, but I wanted to explain it from my standpoint. <laughs> a, a covered call essentially is I own a, a stock and I'm willing to lend it out for someone to to use it, let's say, for, for their call option or they, they are using it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just m- keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I'm lending it out and the person is is getting access to it. Yep. Now, that individual has the option to either buy, uh, you know, their shares or not. If they choose to buy it, I've already pre-decided a price that I'm willing to sell it for. Yes. So if it's a hundred, I, I can sell it for one Oh five. Right. Mm-hmm. But if, and, and for the person to, you know, borrow or to have access to my stock, they have to put down some money. It could be 500 or a thousand, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Could be even more depending on the number of shares that the person is, 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 is getting access to. Yes. Now, um, if the person chooses not to uh, purchase the the shares, then I keep my shares. Plus, I get to keep the money that the person put down when they were, you know, borrowing my stock. Yes, is, is that it? Yes. Mm, wow. Perfect. Wow. Mm. That's. <laughs> In, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. 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 Finish. Finish your thought. No. I was going to say that is amazing. Like when you step back and you don't look at it as something super confusing, you're just looking at at it as, you know, lending my stock or, you know, someone is borrowing it and there's a preset price, I'm willing to sell it. But if if the person doesn't buy it, I still keep my shares plus the money that the person paid to have access to it. It's like, it's like you said, it's like renting out, you know, it's like a rental income pretty yes, much. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, we actually sold our rental home. It took, it took three years of me convincing my wife because real estate, most people understand. And I was like, we can make more selling cover calls. Like we can literally take the same amount of money and put it in the stock market and do the same thing, rent out our stock versus our house and make more money. And so that's what we did. And, and the benefit uh, is that because it's guaranteed, it's like a dividend. Like I don't wait for dividends. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm getting the market to give me a dividend right now via a cover call. It's so comforting to know that I get to pick how much I want to make each month. It, it gives me more control of how much money I want to make each month, which is why we use cover calls to pay mortgages and things like that versus just buying calls or puts. They're more speculative in nature, meaning that I buy a call. There's no guarantee I'm going to double my money, right? I could lose everything. It's it's kind of like buying hope, right? But a cover call is like, nope, I want to make 500. Here's a cover call I can sell. And I sell it and pull the money out the next day. So it, it just gives you more control. And it is safe too. So it's re- relatively safe. Oh my gosh, Travis, I just want to thank you so much for all of this information. As someone who's never really taken the time to look at options, I know that I watched your 10-minute you know, option strategy that you shared in the summit that I hosted last year, but I wanted to come in again, you know, having kind of like that beginner's mind to allow the listeners to also understand options. And I think you did a phenomenal job. So thank you. So Travis, please, for individuals who are interested in learning from you, right? 
where do they go to find you? Because if I wanted to have someone teach me, right, about options, if I was on the other end listening to this episode, I'll be like, hey, how do I get access to, to Travis, right? So Travis, please share your you know, information in terms of a website contact details so that individuals can reach out to learn more. First, thanks for the con words. I appreciate it um, because your specialty is mostly, uh, unless I'm wrong, bond hold and is not many bond hold investors who are willing to listen to me talk about options, right? They just automatically turn, they just close their ears to it. So you're so open-minded. I appreciate you allowing me to share that. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. (laughs) Yep. And the best place to find me as far as education-wise is YouTube. I am actually in the middle of a campaign where I'm just just going to just start sharing, just teaching the, the basic concepts, start to finish, free strategies where people could, you know, trust but verify. They could put the strategies at work in a low risk way and say, "Hey, this stuff works." without having to pay thousands. So I'm in the the process of reworking all my education. So just look up Trader Travis on YouTube. Um, The second way is my website, tradertravis.com. Anything I do on YouTube or anything I do on the web, I will just update my website, tradertravis.com. And you'll be able to find me anywhere I am on the interwebs. Oh, Travis, thank you so much for this. This was just absolutely incredible. I really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much.